is beyond recall. When on the world the mist began to fall, out of the dreams that rose in a happy throng, the note to our hearts love sang an old sweet song. And in the dusk where fell the firelight gleam, Welcome to episode 86 of the Blooms of Barnacles podcast, where we talk about all things relating to James Joyce's Ulysses. I'm Dermot. And I'm Kelly. Bless me, Dermot, for I have sinned. It's been two weeks since our last podcast. Mm, and a lot longer since our last confessions. Yes, let's not talk about that. All right, welcome to Blooms and Barnacles, everybody. There's a little hint of what we might talk about today. If you know, you know. And uh, if you're in the James Joyce, there's a strong chance you do. But before we get into the, the meaty center of our podcast, let's get some business out of the way. First of all, we are, as I like to say, a audio medium with a strong visual component because Dermot does artwork for us. He does artwork for every single episode. And if our listeners would like to see that artwork, they can find it at uh, our website at bloomsandbarnacles.com. That's right, and you've done some artwork for this episode. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so the cartoon for this episode is based on uh, the theme of confession. So Kelly gives me a theme. This episode is about confession. And so, of course, I did the thing that's most fun to draw, which is the Spanish Inquisition, uh, very persuasively extracting a confession uh, by using torture. And you'll, you'll see that their methods are most reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and if you want to see just how reasonable the Spanish Inquisition can be, you can go to our website at bloomsandbarnacles.com and see Dermot's excellent artwork. Mm. You can also check out our social media pages or our monthly newsletter because I also drop that bad boy in there. For any first-time listeners, we are a blog as well as a podcast, and we recently released a new blog post, which I felt like didn't get as much attention as I had hoped that it might. And it's one that is multiple months in the making because I wrote a first draft and then took two months off and, and then finished it maybe a week ago. It's called A Cloacal Obsession. Dermot, do you remember what the blog post is about? Isn't H.G. Wells involved in this? H.G. Wells is involved in the cloacal obsession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Joyce holds a grudge against H.G. Wells for a very long time. He does. And it's yet another blog post where we talk about, shall we say, all manner of cloacal Fluvium. Mm-hmm. Fluvia? Yes. So it's uh, a post that when I posted it made me think that it would dissuade people from giving us money. <laughs> but I'm actually quite proud of it. I think it's a fun post. So you should read it if you want to know what I'm talking about. And uh, Dermot, of course, also did artwork for that. And could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's baby Leopold Bloom uh, and he's laying an egg on his chamber pot. Mm-hmm. A smelly egg. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a... Uh, Ulysses on Ajax, mm-hmm. which is very specifically relevant to the blog post. If you want to know why, you better read it at bloomsandbarnacles.com. That's right. And there's a link on our Facebook and our Twitter pages if you want to find it there, as well as a monthly newsletter. Um, we've got a couple shout outs. First of all, one way you can support our show is through the aforementioned donations of money. Um, you can do that through a PayPal link in the upper right-hand corner on our website at... Limsandmarnacles.com And this week we'd like to thank... Owen McArdle, 
Cherise Wise, and recurring donors. Cherise, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Yes, I did. I did want to especially thank Cherise because she's a former coworker of mine from the school where I worked in Portland, Oregon. And Cherise was a dedicated educator and great coworker. And I apologize for never learning how to say your last name. We worked in different classrooms. That's my excuse, but it's really no excuse at all. Thank you for your support. If you're listening and you'd like to support us in a non-monetary fashion, one of the best things you can do is rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app of choice. But Apple in particular uh, does help people find the show. And if you leave us a good review, we will read it on the show and we'll say your name. Uh, And finally, if you'd like to keep up with us each and every month, we send out a newsletter at the top of the month. We just sent one out today that'll give you links to all of our recent episodes, Dermot's artwork, blog posts, and little tidbits that I will drop in there before I release them to the masses. And there's definitely one in the most recent May newsletter. So I guess too late to receive that one. But just think what could happen in June. So... You can also sign up for that at our website, which is... Dumbsmarkers.com. Yep, just scroll all the way down to the bottom of that front page and you'll see a thingy that says newsletter. We'll never spam you. I won't sell your, your data. email address or your data to anyone, but I will send you a free newsletter. All right, that's enough of that. Let's get on with it. We are still in the throes of Lotus Eaters, Ulysses' fifth episode, and... Today's text comes from pages 82 to 83. And I will say this is a a section of Lotus Eaters that I really, I I skipped over it in the blog because I felt like it didn't need a whole lot of explication, I suppose. So I I did struggle to make this one interesting a bit, but I think I've got a few good tidbits in here. I'm using that word a lot today. Mm. Um, But I I think this this one will end up being fun. All right, so Dermot's going to read a little bit and then we're going to talk about it. Go for it. He saw the priest bend down and kiss the altar and then face about and bless all the people. All crossed themselves and stood up. Mr. Bloom glanced about him and then stood up, looking over the risen hats. Stand up at the gospel, of course. Then all settled down on their knees again and he sat back quietly in his bench. The priest came down from the altar, holding the thing out from him, and he and the mass boy answered each other in Latin. Then the priest knelt down and began to read off a card. Oh, God! Our refuge and our strength. Thank you, Dermot. What do you think's going on here? Uh, it's, I think, filtered through the mind of Bloom, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Catholic Mass, and he seems kind of vague on it. Like, he's, he's, he, calls, he says the priest holds out the thing, yeah. <laughs> like not the chalice or whatever. You know, it's just the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then they answer in Latin. So he knows it's Latin, but that's all he knows. Mm-hmm. I would think uh, maybe a good Catholic from the time would at least have an inkling what the back and forth is. Um, and let's see. Yeah, it seems just kind of straightforward. And it, it all crossed himself and stood up. It says, Mr. Bloom glanced about him and then stood up. This is what a person does when they don't know, do I stand up or do I sit? Do I kneel down? You look around and see what everyone else is doing and you do what they're doing. Or you end up looking like an Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's about it, I think. Yeah. Do you know what point in the Mass this might be? Hmm. It seems to be at the end. Yes. Yeah. The Mass has ended. Go in peace to love and serve. Wait, 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 wait. Just one more thing. So mm. back in the day, like, they pulled a bit of a Columbo Like here. Father Columbo, I was going to say. Father Columbo, yeah. There's just one more thing there. So, yeah. Give us money. The, 
the the thing that you pointed out is the the missile mm-hmm. or which is the book containing all the the prayers and hymns used for that day's mass mm-hmm. uh and so when he says he holds the thing out it's a book like he okay. could conjure the word book book <laughs> <laughs> um so let's talk about this little prayer that Dermot did in a very um, accurate priest voice here. Oh God, our refuge and our strength. So this is one of the Leonine prayers. So strap yourselves in. We're going to get some exciting Catholic history here. So the Leonine prayers are also commonly called the prayers after Mass because there weren't enough prayers in the Mass, so we did some more prayers after Mass. At least we did between the years 1884 and 1965 when they were required. The end date's a little fuzzy there. I've seen different years. So if you if you are an expert on this and you want to let me know it's not 19 it's actually 1964, I'm aware. But anyway, uh, they're called the Leonine prayers because they were instituted by Pope Leo the 13th who also made a cameo in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hence the name Leonine Pope Leo. They were originally there to pray for quote I think I'm quoting Wikipedia here. The defense of the temporal sovereignty of the Holy See. So they came about during a time when the papal states were consolidating themselves into what we'd see as modern Italy. Based on the name, you can guess that the Holy See, the Vatican, was a pretty important part of those papal states. And let's just say this was a messy divorce. Mm. Who did the assets of the Holy See and the church, church assets... In Greater Italy belong to? Did they belong to the Vatican? Did they belong to a newly formed Italy? Who? Um, so this was a, a big mess. It was eventually settled in 1929 by something called the Lateran Treaty that established Vatican City as a little separate entity within Italy, mm-hmm. kind of how we know it today. But up until this point, Leo instituted these prayers to, to pray for the, the precious sovereignty of the Holy See. But in 1929, Pope Pius XI, rather than scrap the prayers, he decided to keep those prayers at the end of the Mass going in order to pray for the salvation of the Russians, who at this time were greatly vexed by the godless communists of the Soviet Union. The prayers were eventually suppressed in the early 1960s, around the time of Vatican II, but some congregations still use them. Pope Francis is apparently a fan do you have any thoughts on this so far? I just I remember like old people in Ireland would talk about praying for the conversion of Russia. So I mm-hmm. guess that was a, a folk memory of the Leonine prayers, which would mm-hmm. have, again, been stopped five years before I was born. They were mm-hmm. fairly far in the past. Yeah. yeah. One thing to notice here is that in Bloom's description is that the priest reads these from a card mm-hmm. and not from the missile. Mm-hmm. The missile is the book of all the stuff that's in the mass. Mm-hmm. And then he has like a, a note card he pulls out of his back pocket because, you know, priestly robes are famous for their back pockets. And then he reads off of those. So he doesn't have them memorized, it, this would imply. But the key here is that these are the prayers after Mass. They are not prayers of the Mass. And they were never officially included in the Roman Missal. Hmm. I think that's also why they are in English and not in Latin. Hmm. So, so if you're a Catholic in Ireland and you're a bit like an L.A. Dodgers fan, this is the one only time I'm going to make a baseball joke. This is the time when you can leave the mass early so you can get into your car and escape the, the, uh, the car park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so James Joyce um, mentioned in a letter to his brother Stanislaus that tantalizingly 
he had made up at some point a parody of this prayer. But unfortunately, it seems like it was never recorded anywhere. So we will never know the exact contents of this. Um, we can only guess what hilarious wonders James Joyce came mm -hmm. up with. Um, Dermot, are you familiar with a comedian named Mike Birbiglia? No. He's a... Uh, He's a hilarious man, but he uh, talked about um, when he was a kid, his brother also came up with parody lyrics to some of the hymns and, and prayers that are part of the Catholic Mass, mm -hmm. and that his brother would sing them out loud along with everyone else in the church. But the best one was, Christ has lied, Christ was in prison, Christ will come at 10. So... We can only assume that the James Joyce one was worse. Is approaching that um, poetic quality mm. of Christ will come at ten. Uh, if you Google the phrase Christ will come at ten, you can find a video of it quite easily. So moving on from that, you want to read the next little sure. passage here. Mister Bloom put his face forward to catch the words English. Throw them the bone. I remember slightly. How long since your last mass? Glorious and immaculate virgin. Joseph, her spouse, Peter and Paul. More interesting if you understood what it was all about. Wonderful organization, certainly. Goes like clockwork. Thoughts on this? <laughs> so he hears the English as opposed to the Latin, mm -hmm. and then you're throwing them a bone of English that they can actually understand. Uh, he says, I remember slightly. I assume he's talking about the Latin. Uh, How long since your last mass is a strange <laughs> phrase um, for me, well, 40 plus years, I guess. Uh, I don't count funerals. Glorious and immaculate virgin. I think he's just running through the Catholic pantheon at this point. Joseph, her spouse, Peter and Paul. Who have Peter and Paul? I guess. It's weird if you're going from the Holy Family straight to Peter and Paul. Um, more interesting if you understood what it was all about. I guess that implies he doesn't. Uh, wonderful organization certainly goes like clockwork is a very uh, pragmatic description of the Catholic Church. Yeah. Just leave it at that. Anyway. So, yeah, so a few highlights here. How long since your last Mass? Yes. should be how long since your last... Confession. Right, which is what you're supposed to say when you go in for confession. Uh, Bloom, in his classic Bloom fashion, botches it. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and I like here that, that he does catch that this is in English. Obviously, he's a native English speaker. Throw them the bone... I think where he's saying I remember slightly is he's like, oh, I do kind of remember these prayers because it's, it's been a while since his last Mass mm -hmm. is the implication. Okay. And I think, too, the throwing them the bone, more interesting if you understood what it was all about. Um, much earlier, he had commented that he likes the use of Latin because it kind of stupefies people. Mm -hmm. Like it's a good uh, marketing yeah. tactic. Yeah. You know, it's kind of musical and, mm -hmm. you know, dulls your senses. But he's here like, ah, but right at the end, they just give you a little little piece to kind of reel you in. So I do think he's looking at it from the point of view of an, an ad man. Right. The glorious and immaculate virgin, Joseph, her spouse, Peter and Paul, that is more um, from this one of the, the Leonine prayers, the same prayer that was started in the last mm -hmm. passage. Mm -hmm. This line, the glorious and immaculate virgin, appears in some editions of Ulysses as Gloria and immaculate virgin, which generally believed to be an error. It's not like that in Joyce's handwritten manuscript. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's kind of, a, in a way, Gloria is almost a nice little callback to Bloom's thoughts about 
the sacred music in the previous passage, mm -hmm. uh, specifically the Gloria in Mozart's Twelfth Mass. So this is a nice, happy little accident there. Yeah. Um, this last bit here, wonderful organization certainly goes like clockwork. I think that Bloom is partly impressed with how well the mass is run, mm -hmm. but I also am wondering if there's a bit of sarcasm or irony in this. Yeah. You know, kind of like they're just just cranking this out, just cranking out salvation. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, you've come here. You you've stood when you should. You sat when you you should. Yeah. In and out, forty five minutes. Mm -hmm. You know. Next. Yeah. Which, that reading plays into this next passage, which in the book, this would all be like one very long paragraph. Mm -hmm. But uh, with that in mind, continue. Confession. Everyone wants to. Then I will tell you all. Penance. Punish me, please. Great weapon in their hands. More than doctor or solicitor. Woman dying to. And I shush, 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 shush. And did you? Cha, 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 cha. And why did you? Look down at her ring to find an excuse. Whispering gallery walls have ears. Husband learned to his surprise. God's little joke. Then out she comes, repentance skin deep. Thoughts. Jesus, getting a bit dark now. So uh, the little kinky bit, penance, punish me, please. I think he's uh, suggesting some sadomasochistic. He's remembering Martha. Martha, okay. So he says, great weapon in their hands. I presume in the Catholic Church will use your guilt against you. Bit like a certain modern cult that uses a certain auditing technique and a certain e-meter whose name we won't mention because we don't because want to they be are also very harassed. litigious um, more than doctor or solicitor um, I'm not exactly sure about what he's getting at there well a doctor or a solicitor would also know your secrets mm. oh right like doctor patient uh, confidentiality mm. but right, the church right. has all more. of your secrets you've told them everything you've told them everything right uh, in that steel of the confessional is supposed to be inviolate and mm -hmm. never heard of anyone breaking it, mind you. It's but you know they must. They must gossip, yeah. They're, they're human, Yeah. the priests. I think if two priests were chatting, they'd go, you never believe what I heard today. Um, woman dying to, I'm not sure what that is. And I think when he says, and I, shush, 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 and did you cha, 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 cha. I think that's kind of the mumbling sound that yeah, you hear when people yeah, are inside. Yeah. And why did you look down at her ring to find an excuse? So that's the priest saying, and why did you? And she said, look down at her ring to find an excuse is the wife's guilt. Like, oh, yep. she's cheated on her husband. Mm -hmm. Whispering gallery walls have ears. There is a certain acoustic quality in those Catholic churches. If you're listening to this and you're not Catholic, I would suggest you go in sometime. Just sit down and listen to the acoustics. It's quite peculiar. Uh, husband learned to his surprise. Uh, a God's little joke. I'm not sure if that's a reference to St. Joseph. Uh, the the uh, father of Jesus uh, being a cuckold. Oh, uh, in the middle. Say le pigeon Joseph. Yeah, like in the medieval era, uh, he was looked at as a figure of fun because he was seen as a cuckold. Then hmm. um, out she comes, repentance skin deep. In other words, it's not real repentance. You're just going in to, to clean up your soul so you can do it all over again. You're going through the motions so that you can go to mass mm -hmm. and take communion. Because if your soul is not in a state of grace, you can't take. Communion, right. theory. Right. Plenty, of, plenty of Catholics will go and take communion without going to confession first, mm -hmm. but you're supposed to. Yeah, That's a good read on that God's little joke. I didn't have a note written down for that. so I'm, I, It might be. I mean, I'm just speculating. No, I think that's a, that's a good speculation because that particular line of thought's been brought up. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it before with Leo Taxel mm -hmm. and 
all the stuff in Proteus. Yep. So the thought of confession draws his mind back to Martha and her kinky letter. When will you come and meet me? Then I will tell all, right? Mm -hmm. Punish me or I will punish you. You've been a naughty boy. All that, mm -hmm. you know, silly stuff. So that's what confession makes Bloom think of. Mm. And then he thinks about the, yeah, the powers that priests hold with all those little secrets. Yep. Great weapon in their hands. They could ruin you if they wanted to. Uh, whispering gallery. Walls have ears, right? The idea that someone else might overhear. But a whispering gallery is an architectural feature mm -hmm. that specifically refers to a round enclosure, usually under a dome, right. where whispers can be heard in other parts of the gallery. So like the U.S. Capitol building in, in Washington kind of mm -hmm. has this effect. Mm -hmm. The most famous whispering gallery, though, is the one in St. Paul's Cathedral in London, right. Right. where in Gifford and Seidman's annotation, they point out that a low whisper near one wall can be distinctly heard at the other wall 108 feet away. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that one is referred to directly as the whispering gallery. Mm -hmm. gallery. So if you look up a picture of this, most of the pictures on Google image search are St. Paul's. And it repentance skin deep, I think you cover that well. Um, let's go on to the next bit. Lovely shame, pray at an altar. Hail Mary and Holy Mary. Flowers, incense, candles melting. Hide her blushes. Salvation Army, blatant imitation. Reformed prostitute will address the meeting. How I found the Lord. Square-headed chaps, those must be in Rome. They work the whole show. All right, Dermot, thoughts on that? Um... I'm not sure what lovely shame is about at all. You asked me about, we'll probably cut out the part where you asked me about that, but you asked me about that in the line right before this is repentance, skin deep, lovely shame. So it almost makes me think about, okay. you know, the wife goes in and tells all her secrets. She does the skin deep repentance and then she gets to go out and like look holy in the, mm -hmm. you know, the nave ah, of the church. Okay. She goes and lights her candles, right. she says her Hail Marys, right. you know, she looks... She's, she's been given her penance, so the, mm -hmm. the, after she's confessed her sins, the priest will say, say ten Our Fathers and seven Hail Marys or whatever. So or then she's going out to pray, pray, I assume that's it, she goes out to, to pray her bits before she can mm -hmm. get properly cleaned uh, of her filth, and then uh, Hail Mary, so she's like, she be given like X amount of Hail Marys, mm -hmm. that, you know. Or maybe, like, there's certain people who like being shamed. Mm -hmm. So it goes back into that kind of Martha Clifford mm -hmm. arrangement, like, I'm being punished, you know, I'm enjoying doing my penance. The, the shame is exciting to me. That's a very idiosyncratic way of, for, <laughs> of thinking about Catholic confession. I don't think many Catholics would. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's got flowers, incense, candles, melting. So that's the stuff around the church. Hide her blushes. And then he goes on onto the Salvation Army. So I guess he's calling the Salvation Army, which is a Protestant Christian organization, uh, a blatant imitation of the Catholic Church, I assume. Uh, and then when he says, Reform prostitute will address the meeting, I assume these are headlines of Salvation Army meetings. How I found the Lord. And then square-headed chaps, those must be in Rome. They work the whole show. What does square-headed mean? Oh, that's like the, um, the the hats that the cardinals wear, is it? Or one of the higher-ups, there's like a square... No, is other it? people can be square-headed too. It? it just means you're sort of stubborn and immovable. Oh, okay, so he means it has like not like a, yeah. a, 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 a dress form. Yeah, square-headed chaps, those must be in Rome, like they're kind of single-minded. Okay. Uh, yeah. They work the whole show, so they're like the puppet masters mm. over all this little, you know, repentance and salvation game. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Salvation Army. So 
Um, Gifford and Seidman in their annotation of this line put in this comment, which I couldn't find any other documentation on. Doesn't mean that it didn't exist, I just didn't find it, but they said, quote, one phase of the militant evangelicalism of the Salvation Army was the exploitation of public confession. I have no idea what they mean by that because they don't say any more than that. Mm. Um, like, were they blackmailing people with their confessions? Because when I was reading about the Salvation Army, as you pointed out, they are Protestant, they're Methodist specifically, and originally, I don't know if they still profess a denomination now, but they were very uninterested in sacraments. They didn't really push sacraments at all, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, one of the seven sacraments is reconciliation, is, is going to confession. But I just couldn't find any more details on this. They did, however, the Salvation Army, minister to sex workers and what they call fallen women. Mm. Um, and they, you know, tried to save them from their, you know, life of, life on the streets and, mm -hmm. you know, ha help them find the Lord, as it says here. And then, um, so, reform prostitute will address the meeting would very likely be and was, um, you know, a, a format that the Salvation Army used. Mm -hmm. And I learned, too, I knew very little about the Salvation Army. I just knew that, you know, they sell used clothing. And I also knew that they're very anti-gay, so that's kind of my knowledge of them isn't very deep, but that they actually style themselves as an army. Mm -hmm. Like they, they had a different name that I can't remember right now. And I didn't write it down, but they didn't like volunteers. So they changed it to army and then structured themselves as cadets and soldiers. And they use, I think still use military ranks as titles. Like right. the leader there, you can be a general in the salvation army mm. and they wear military style uniforms. And at least according to Wikipedia, there was a Salvation Navy at one point, which, in my personal opinion, had big Sea Org energy. <laughs> so it's similar to another uh, cult-like organization whose name is redacted. Yeah, they would like to cruise around in their ships. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, but their name is redacted <laughs> due to the litigious nature of that organization. But they were founded by someone named... Uh, Meldon Elrond um, Cupboard cu Cupboard yeah <laughs> Custard that's close enough yep that's yeah. close enough okay uh, so moving on from Mel Meldon hmm. <laughs> it's the Scientologist <laughs> just okay. read the next part <laughs> they, they they got the joke to us. Oh, they're coming they're coming for us yep and don't they reckon the money too bequests also to the PP for the time being in his absolute discretion Masses for the repose of my soul to be said publicly with open doors, monasteries and convents. The priest in that Fermanagh will case in the witness box. No browbeating him. He had his answer pat for everything. Liberty and exaltation of our holy mother, the church. The doctors of the church. They mapped out the whole theology of it. All right, thoughts? So he's talking about, don't, when he says don't they rake in the money too, he's talking about the... Mean the church the, with the big C. The, the RCC, yeah. 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 Um, and the PP are the parish priests. Parish so. priests, I guess that was this, yeah. Um, so yeah, and you would pay for a mass if somebody dies. So you'll, you'll pay the money for a, a funeral mass. Mm -hmm. Some more ka going on there. Um, they got loads of money in monasteries and convents and real estate. 
Um, and then he refers to the priest in that Fermanagh will case. I don't know what that's referring to, but I, I'm sure it's a, a real case. Um, some, some guy who, he said no browbeating him. Uh, so some guy who really knew his stuff, who was going to get, um, going to get the money that he felt was due. Uh, liberty and exaltation of our Holy Mother of the Church. The doctors of the church, meaning the teachers of the church, doctori or teachers, that would be St. Augustine, Thomas Aquinas, all those kind of people. They mapped out the whole theology of it. Mm-hmm. And I, um, four great doctors of the church in this case, so the, mm-hmm. the biggies. Yeah, well done. Do you, do you know why my mother uh, stopped going to church? Um, no. Because after my grandfather died, they paid our local church to say a mass for mm. the repose of his soul. Mm-hmm. And they took the money and they didn't say the mass. Crikey. And they called them on it. We're like, when are you going to do that? You didn't do it the day you said you would. And they were mm. like, ooh, yeah. And then they did it. Yeah. But that was, that was the end of it. That's not good. Yeah. It's very not good. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. The priest in that Fermana Will case is a mystery. Oh. I found a couple of annotations that said, just straight up, we don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. And I Googled that phrase and I, I didn't find anything else. So mm-hmm. if you have some insight on this, dear listener, we'd love to hear from you. But I would guess that there is an article in some old issue of the Freeman's Journal within a, a couple of weeks of Bloomsday that answers this mystery. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it's probably a real thing. Uh, Doctors of the Church, you got that pretty much spot on. These are big deal saints who were extra special good in the eyes of the Church. Do you know who the four great Doctors of the Church were? Uh, without reading notes, I could identify Augustine and Aquinas. I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would have, I know Augustine, I would guess Aquinas. Other than that, I don't know. Uh... St. Gregory the Great, mm-hmm. Ambrose, mm-hmm. Augustine, and Jerome. Oh, so no Aquinas. All right. Now, these are like very early church. Really early. Okay. Earlier yeah. than Aquinas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, he might be considered a doctor of the church. There aren't very many of them, but those are Because the they were called doctoral, like doctoral mirabilis was one, mm-hmm. um, and like the miraculous doctor, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I, that wasn't, uh, I forget, that might have been Occam. Um but yeah, they would have these wonderful titles, like Albertus Magnus had one too. Um, yeah, so they might have been honorifics at that point. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we're in the home stretch. She's another baseball reference, just for you, Dermot, because I know you love the Dodgers. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Go ahead, read that last bit. The priest prayed, Blessed Michael, Archangel, defend us in the hour of conflict. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God restrain him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, throw Satan down to hell, and with him those other wicked spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. The priest and the mass boy stood up and walked off. All over, the women remained behind, thanksgiving. Better be shoving along, Brother Buzz. Come around with the plate, perhaps. Pay your Easter duty. Thoughts. Hmm. So that, that Leonine prayer is a right fucking dismal thing, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I guess Michael the Archangel is one of the big archangels who slaughters enemies of God. Um, let's see here. The usual boilerplate Catholic demonology. Um, so the priest and the mass boy stood up and walk off. So that's end of mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, go home. 
and the women remain behind, I guess to soak up some of the, uh, you know, surplus magic. Um, better be shoving along. I don't know what Brother Buzz uh, is. Uh, come around with the plate, perhaps, because they're going to come around with the, the collection plate to last go with your money and pay your Easter duty. Why is it Easter? Why would he say Easter duty? Because it's June, right? Mm -hmm. This is Boomsday. It's well after Easter. Yeah, I'm not sure why he brings up Easter. I think it's probably just the phrase, but your Easter duty is not money, but it's the obligation to receive communion during the Easter season mm -hmm. and by the extension to the obligation to confess. Mm -hmm. you, again, you, you're, you must be in a state of grace in order mm -hmm. to receive communion. Yeah, he's evading... Uh, collection of money at the end there yeah yeah um brother buzz to do this a little out of order uh gifford and simon said that buzz is various slang for gossiping you know like what's the buzz uh telling stale news or or picking pockets so um brother buzz could be people st st sticking around the gossip after church mm -hmm. which people definitely do they sit, hang out in small talk usually outside the church um, or picking pockets, as in they're going to pick some more coins out of his pocket mm. uh, by passing that plate around. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's something something to an image of a Jewish man sneaking out of Catholic Mass a little bit early to avoid giving money to mm -hmm. the church. Make of that what you will. I'd be there with him. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid that people would, would leave mass right after communion was done mm -hmm. like they didn't stay for the closing prayers they're just like yeah. look yeah I, I came here got that body of christ in me yeah. i'm gone dodgers fans that's it they're not sticking <laughs> they're, around they're dodging something <laughs> okay let's talk about archangel michael so yes this prayer to the archangel michael as you pointed out is another of those leonine prayers if you go to mass this week you won't hear this prayer um because they stopped doing them in the early 60s um, this prayer, unlike the other, is printed in its entirety. So, Dermot, without reading my notes here, why do you think that the other one was printed in fragments, but this prayer was printed in full? This was one of the questions I tried to answer this week when I was working on this. I have no idea. Right. Um, I don't blame you. It's fairly obscure. And not really clear for any thematic or religious reason mm -hmm. but i did find an article in james joyce quarterly from the mid 70s from a man named J james f karens it's a very short article and it's it'll be linked in our show notes under further reading but he he karens is the one who pointed out that joyce had alluded to a parody of the leonine prayers that he'd come up with uh, in the letter to his brother Stanislaus. Mm -hmm. And I did a little bit of a, a misdirect earlier because the one about, oh, Lord, our, oh, our refuge and all that, we don't know what his parody of that one is. But of the, the Michael prayer, we do have some record of that parody because it appears in one of Oliver St. John Gogarty's autobiographies. Now, who's Oliver St. John Gogarty? Oh, the uh, real-life model of... Thing me jiggy from the Martello Tower in page one. Buck Mulligan. Buck Mulligan. Yeah. yeah. So in his autobiography, it it isn't this time of year at all. He um, quotes a parody of this Michael prayer that 
he he credits Joyce with coming up with. Um, and I'd like you to read this par- this parodic prayer, if you will. Can I use the priest voice or just normal voice? I think that you should follow your heart. Blessed Michael, the archangel, propel us in our hour of contact. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the Sif fiend. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, thrust syphilis down to hell, and with him all the wicked spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of tools. Amen. Thoughts? <laughs> silly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just silly. So a couple a couple caveats on that. First of all, anything from Gogarty should be handled with the greatest of skepticism because yes. he did make things up. I don't think he liked being Buck Mulligan, but I also think that sometimes the worst slights are the ones that are somewhat true. Mm. Also, he wrote this probably 50 years after the fact. He did have a really good memory for verse, apparently, but it's like, how well could you really remember something like this? Mm. But we have a clue in Ulysses. So in the 14th episode, Oxen of the Sun, uh, this line appears, and there's it's, it's somewhat paraphrased. Not paraphrased, but we, I took some of it out. It's truncated. And snares of the pox fiend thrust syphilis down to hell, and with him those other licensed spirits. So this appears in a section towards the end of Oxen that's a lot of like drunken ramblings of all the, the medical students mm-hmm. getting pissed in the bar after the Mina Purifoy is given birth. But the snares of the pox fiend in, in Gogri's version is the Sif fiend or syphilis mm-hmm. fiend. And this thrust syphilis down to hell and with him those other licensed spirits is very, very similar. So I think that we can assume that Gogri's version may or may not be exactly accurate. Joyce could have punched this up. You know, there's there's sort of like an intervening decade or so from when Ulysses is published and from when Gogri said that mm-hmm. Joyce sent him this prayer. But I think that Gogarty is at least in the ballpark. Yeah. So it's, it's similar enough. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, See, I've talked to you about Brother Buzz. That was the last note I had. It's just Bloom's going to bone out before he has to give money to the church. Which, well, you know, in fairness, it's, it's sure an anti-Semitic stereotype, but I don't want to give money to the church. I'm not. It's, it's yeah. not, you know, he's yeah. not religious. Yeah. Um, he's, and he's, he's just sat there thinking about how they have so much money in their coffers. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going to give them any more money. No. So, I have to say we agree with Bloom on this. Oh, I'm sneaking out the back as well. Okay, well, it's time to sneak out the back of this podcast. Before we go, can I just put another boot in against Dodgers fans? Because I've been, you know, I remember I saw a Dodgers game was 93, I think, or 94. And we noticed like, you know, they were playing the Atlanta Braves. And because I lived in LA for 13 years. Mm -hmm. So my friends pointed out, yeah, I see all the people there in in the stadium. The game that had 15 minutes left in it. And people were already thinking, ah, we're probably not going to win. Screw it. So they all were like starting to evacuate mm-hmm. the stands to a big rush to the car park because nobody wanted to get caught up in the awful traffic. But it's a sort of an L.A. thing. We were like, a few years later that we were at a live Philip Glass concert mm-hmm. and there was Philip Glass on the stage. Like He was there right in front of you. And music ends, people applaud, standing ovation, and the people right in front of us get up to leave. And we stared them down, like awesome, everyone behind them. I, th- I don't know what kind of evil eyes were shot at them, but they stopped 
and they turned and we socially shamed them into uh, into applauding but my favorite story of this kind of la douchebag behavior was the final lord of the rings movie and you know that the final you know it is the king returns the, the final lord of the rings movie <laughs> the has, has a fake ending right it has like and three fake endings. so three fake endings so we were watching it and there were people got up to leave after the first fake ending and then they realized they are now in the aisle on the way out and then they realized oh it's not over yet there's a little bit left and i kept going and they stood there like massive tools with their lads in their hands, having to, to, and they were too embarrassed. Are they the wicked spirits who wander through the, the <laughs> world for the ruin of tools? No, they stood there for half an hour, and we were just uh, like, fuck you people, you're awful. You ruin everything good and decent in this world. Now, I've never been to Dodger Stadium, but I understand that it is a, a nightmare it of a zoo getting out it of is. there. Yeah. But yeah. I'd have to wonder about, like, how bad is it getting out of the movie theater? It's just a thing with LA people. It's like, we gotta go, run, 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 get to the cupboard, get to the cupboard. And they will destroy everything. Like, Philip Glass, fuck you, Philip Glass, I'm getting into the car. You know, it uh, serves you right. I'll have you know, my, my own father is guilty of similar behavior. Mm. And I don't think he's ever stepped foot within the city limits, <laughs> limits of Los Angeles. All right. Well, um, what, what um, Philip Glass musical piece should people listen to during to fill the time bet- between now and the next Blues oh, Barnacle? The full original version of Einstein on the Beach because it's four hours long. Is that the one, two, three, four, one, two, yes. three, four, one, two, three, yeah. four, one, two, three, four? Yeah, I feel the earth move. I feel the earth tumbling down, tumbling down. It's all like apparently written by an uh, autistic child, some of the oh. scripts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from, uh, allegedly, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's true anymore. Well, on that note, I don't know what's true anymore. (laughs) We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Blooms and Barnacles podcast. Your support means the world to us. You can subscribe to Blooms and Barnacles on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, or any other place you listen to podcasts. You can also stream our episodes at our website, bloomsandbarnacles.com. That's bloomsandbarnacles.com. If you've enjoyed our podcast, you can do one of three things to help support us. Number one, please donate at bloomsandbarnacles.com. The PayPal donate button is at the upper right-hand corner of the page. This helps us pay for coffee and for hosting fees. Two, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. This helps more people find our show. And three, share us with a friend who you think would enjoy Blooms and Barnacles. Blooms and Barnacles is also a blog. We post new articles and original artwork semi-regularly at bloomsandbarnacles.com. Never miss an update by following us on social media. Search for our group Blooms and Barnacles Podcast on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at BarnacleCast. You can also send us an email at bloomsandbarnacles at gmail.com. That's bloomsandbarnacles at gmail.com. 
We met some of our favorite podcast friends through random emails and social media DMs. We'd love to hear from you too, so don't be afraid to shoot us a message anytime. We'll be back in your feed in two weeks. Bye for now.